Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Lungo, coming to your ears from NARM, Melbourne, Australia. Let's learn together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Doing Well. We're here this week once again to talk about well-being. And this week's topic is moving your body, boosting your mind. And our guest in the virtual studio is a very lovely guest. She's been smiling since the second that I saw her. <laughs> and I'm really excited to talk to her about this topic. Uh, please join me in welcoming Abigail to our podcast. Um, and by way of introduction, Abigail Olasehinde is the founder and lead therapist of Bellwet Mind Clinic. She is currently the lead therapist of Friend and Pal. Friend and Pal is a mental health AI chatbot whose aim is to ensure that everyone within Africa and beyond enjoys the best therapeutic services at, a, at an affordable fee and from the comfort of their own home. Thank you so much for joining us today, Abigail. How are you? I'm fine. Hi, Liu. It's a pleasure yeah. being here. Thanks. Hi. Um, I think it's going to be a fun conversation. And I'm just looking at your very impressive background. You know, I think it's not going to do justice if I just read this out. So I would love uh, for you to introduce yourself to our audience, especially, you know, a little more about your professional journey, how you got to where you are today and why you chose to do this work. All right. Thank you. In a, in a minute, I'm going to give a quick background about myself. We had my first degree in medical physiology. I could remember in my third year as an as a college student, I fell in love with psychology indirectly. And um, what made me think so, or what made me know so is, on one of those days, one of my friends spoke to me and he said, Abigail, do you know what you just gave me an answer to in less than 30 minutes is what has been bothering me for weeks. I was like, wow. Then he said, Abigail, I think psychology fits you more compared to human physiology. I connected the dots. I saw other truths. A lot of people come to meet me when they are down, when they are depressed, to speak to me, and they give me positive feedback. After seven years, I re-enrolled to study psychology. And now it's been a beautiful journey, full of determination, focus, and passion. Currently, I'm the lead therapist for Bellwet Mind Clinic. I'm also the lead therapist for Friend and Power. Friend and Power is an AI mental health um, organization, just as you say. Our goal is to um, reach Africa and beyond to ensure that everyone can speak to a therapist at an affordable fee and under um, a conducive atmosphere. Over time in my practice, I've been able to record over 85% success rates from clients who have given out their feedback. Thank you. And yeah, I desire to do that. more. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It sounds like you're, you know, very passionate about the work that you're doing. And I wouldn't be surprised if you 
keep on adding more to the portfolio of work that you've been doing. Um, it's really thank inspiring. Um, thank you for sharing your journey so far and also for being here and talking about this topic. You know, I think this is something we've talked about uh, probably at least once or twice um, on this show or on some of the other podcasts at LMSL, but it never gets old. You know, um, it's something that we don't do enough of, especially, you know, we sit all day, you know, um, so moving our body is so important for our well-being. Before we start talking about that, we have this section um, where we get to know you a little bit better through some of your recommendations. And this is called Have You Met Abigail? So I'm going to ask you a series of questions about um, some things that um, probably I think some of the things that get us to know people better really quickly. So first question, what is a book you would recommend? All Day, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be by Jack Alfie. I love the oh. book so much. Yeah. It's a book that speaks about the 25 principles of success. And just to give um, a quick breakdown, taking 100% responsibility of yourself, know where you are, have a goal where you want to be, go focus, move with people of like-minded, avoid negativity. I think that's just the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds wonderful. And I just love how positive you sounded when you were talking about it. So yeah, thanks for that. I needed that today. And I'm, I'm sure <laughs> someone in the audience would definitely benefit from that. I haven't read the book, Thank so you. I'll put that on my reading list. Thank you. Okay. Here yeah. you go. Oh, perfect. <laughs> love that. It, I, I, yeah, I, I like the idea behind mm -hmm. it. And yeah, the book looks uh, like a thick one as well. So lots of interesting insights, I presume. Um, next question. What is a movie you would recommend? Abused, though it's, um, I don't know how popular the movie is, but I watched the movie a couple of three months ago and um, it's made me cry. I can be emotional. And just to give a quick breakdown about the movie, there's a lady who got married to a man whom everybody loves. Or they never knew she was going through pain, emotional pain, and physical violence. So he had a narcissistic personality disorder. In fact, from the look of things, he had about three of, out of the five narcissistic personality disorder, and he was bipolar. And he knows how to calculate his game. When friends are around, he gives his best self. When he's out there, he's like a sweet angel but he beats the wife all sorts of physical violence. And oh, no. she she tried to escape. Unfortunately, he's wealthy. And uh, his mother-in-law, that's the mother to the, to the wife, they didn't believe that her daughter was going through assault. Even when she saw the scar, she blamed the daughter for being the cause of the reaction from the husband. Oh, God. Unfortunately, when she decided to take law into her hand because the, the husband actually gunned down a policeman. When she reported the incident to a policeman, he's like a public figure. And they were like, oh, you meet so-and-so, your husband? We are very sorry, there's nothing we can do. So one of the policemen that tried to take a step and action, unfortunately, um, he, he wanted to indulge in bribery. So he wanted the husband to give him money so he's going to keep the evidence, the video, not knowing that the man went upstairs to pull a gun and pull the trigger at him. 
drew him upstairs, kept him under the bed. The wife came back and she tried calling the policeman to ask of update, only to hear the, fo- the man's phone ringing, the policeman's phone ringing on the bed. And then she knew that this is the height of it. She went downstairs, tapped the man. He died. Unfortunately, she was arrested for manslaughter. And she had to face the term in jail. Yeah, I felt pity for her because I know a lot of women who are in the correctional center might be in the correctional center because of this. But no lawyer to defend their case. Yeah, I felt. I felt emotional. Yeah, that's really sad. Um, but I, I guess, you know, if, if anything, it's probably going to be a good one to give us more perspective in life, right? Because these things happen. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, women are still in this position where it's, it's hard to defend okay. ourselves. And um, yeah, especially with uh, people that are really good at showing their good sides to the public, mm-hmm. it's kind of even harder for you to explain what actually happened. Um, so yeah, not not an easy watch. Uh, I could <laughs> definitely sense, but um, probably good when you want to gain some perspective. Thank you for sharing that movie. Um, and what about a podcast? I'm not sure if you listen to podcasts very often and if you have a favorite. <laughs> I don't listen to often, but I have a favorite. That's a Dear Therapist by Laurie. I wrote the name Laurie Gottlieb and um, and Diary. Oh. Yes, so, I love Laurie. So they one way or the other um, inspire me and I get a lot of feedback from my clients. I get them to say, Abigail, you make us feel very comfortable while speaking with you. We've visited a lot of therapists, but we are always edgy and defensive. But when it comes to you, we feel so relaxed, like we've known you forever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's good to hear. Um, I really love Laurie because I uh, recently finished reading her book called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. And um, yeah. I yeah. didn't know that she had a podcast. But yeah, when you mentioned Laurie, I was like, whoa, wait, hang on a minute. I think that is the same Laurie. And indeed, Laurie Gottlieb. That's true. Oh, I have to check out that podcast. Thank you. Um, next question. Who is your role model? Now, this could be a famous person or could be someone in your life. Doesn't have to be a famous person. Okay, thank you. My role model has been my parents, mm-hmm. my dad and my mom. I would say nature and nurture blessed me with the best parent ever. I remember a lot of times I say, if I can have just 50% of the parenting skills my mom and dad has, I'm made. Yeah, I see the, um, the corporation the unity, everything. They are my role model. Yeah, my dad beautiful. and my mom. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, I mean, I can see that you turned out really well. So I'm sure you had wonderful. <laughs> you have wonderful parents, and um, your, you. your upbringing must have been great. So yeah, very happy to hear that. <laughs> and final question in this part: What is a course you completed that left a really strong impact on you? Yeah. Cognitive behavioral therapy, it's made me understand a lot about action and reaction, value system, how I see myself, what I believe in, which will definitely have an effect on my environment. So 
regardless of how beautiful the environment is or how perfect the environment is, if my value system is distorted, I'll always see the negativity in that environment. And no matter how bad an environment is, if my value system is up, is good enough, instead of seeing, always seeing the bad in the environment, I'll pick up that good in the environment and work back. Yeah, cognitive behavior Yeah, oh, wonderful. I think I've heard so much about CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to hear that it's the course that you enjoy the most because <laughs> it's very on brand with your professional journey. Um, and so let's talk about today's topic. You know, we are going to talk about uh, moving your body, boosting your mind, uh, which I think, you know, in case anyone is wondering, would be fancy terms for exercising, <laughs> right? And, um, you know, we, we, talk, we, we were talking about, you know, your work as a therapist and, you know, your work on the mind. Um, but I think it's, important to also know that you, our mind and our body are, you know, so connected. And so, you know, the work we do on our body um, would help us with our mind too. And I think this is something that I have experienced myself, but, um, you know, from the perspective of a professional like yourself, it'll probably be even better to hear from you. Um, so first thing first, let's talk about well-being. That's why right. we're here. You know, that's why we're talking about exercising in the first place. So Abigail, what does well-being mean to you? Okay, thank you. Well-being to me has to do with um, like a networking. So how do I break the network? In the network of well-being, we have the physical, we have the health. Now, in the network of the health, we have the physical health, we have the spiritual health, we have the emotional health, we have the social health, and I wrote down the fifth one, we have the intellectual health. Now, in the physical health, has to do with morphology, what you can see, my growth, my flexibility, my mo my mobility. The intellectual health has to do with my critical thinking, how I reason, how I see you, how I project Abigail. And my spiritual health, it has different meaning to different people. But the conclusion of it is being at peace with yourself, being at peace with nature, and nurture, regardless of the supreme being you believe in. And then when it comes to um, social health, like I said earlier, your value system, how you relate with your environment, how you relate with people in your environment, the emotional health, your psyche, your mind. Now, all of this five, there must be a proper networking. There must be a relationship between all of this five to help me say I have a good well-being. So if any of this five is lagging behind, then it's not it's not good enough. That's my view on well-being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a holistic view of well-being, <laughs> right? Because it's not just one thing, it's yeah, all of them yeah. um, in combination. So in your line of work, you know, you, you said you've talked to a lot of different clients, you put people at ease. I'm sure people open up to you quite a bit. And um, obviously in all the work that you do um, in other areas as well, um, I'm sure you've done research, you've interacted with people. So what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you think people have when it comes to well-being? Yeah, the first is, they believe well-being is expensive. And then my response to that is, 
if you think well-being is expensive, then how expensive we remolding in distorted structure be? And they'll be like, wow, very expensive. And let me link that to a client, a client who says, therapist Abigail, I'm damaged beyond repair. You don't need to bother yourself. A lot of psychologists have tried. They gave up. Therapist Abigail, I'm just being kind. Don't, don't stress yourself. I can see the passion, everything you're putting in. You know the response I gave? I said, I admit that the structure is bad, but I'm very good at rebuilding. So we're going to pull down the structure and I'm going to rebuild together with you a magnificent edifice. Honestly speaking, that day was the beginning of healing. Mm. He was like, wow, that just strike a chord. So if we think well-being is expensive, then remolding and restructuring is more expensive. Then number two um, misconception a lot of people have is, well-being is just about me, myself and I. It's not true because if it's only about you, are you going to be an island? Definitely you need to relate to its people. So it's not just about you, it's also about others because your reaction to others can predispose them to any kind of illness. And then the third uh, misconception I want to give is, um, I actually wrote, I wrote it, so let me just check. They said, um, money can't buy happiness. And uh, honestly speaking, a lot of people actually believe money can't buy happiness. We can say it's true, but I want them to understand that there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is from what you can feel an external factor making you feel good. So it simply means if my bank account is green, always green, and I don't have to think about how do I pay my bills this month? How do I get a maid this month? How do I get a cook this month? How do I transport myself from um, A to B? It will make me feel happy. And since my financial um, cap capacity is high, then it simply means money makes me happy. Money gives room for happiness. Yeah, so those are, to my um, knowledge, these are some of the big misconceptions about well-being. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, those are really good ones, actually, and especially the well-being is expensive one, because I think a lot of people think that you have to invest a lot of money um, to, yeah. to be well uh, or to have a sense of well-being in your life. Um, or some people might go, you know, the, the rich are um, probably enjoying a, a better sense of well-being. Uh -huh. Not really. I think it's uh, it's actually quite interesting because um, I think there's a course that has been recommended quite a bit on on this podcast, which is the science of well-being. And um, in that course, um, basically, the research shows that you know an increase in income can make you you know happier and, and yeah. better, you know have a better sense of well-being. But it to reach a certain point and then after that it's just kind of plateaus it doesn't yes. really change much um, because I think it's truly just you know how we spend our time and money in the first place right um, you know we we can have however much money we have and we can spend money on a lot of different things but if we spend money on the wrong thing 
that can just easily diminish our well-being. So yeah, I really like that you, you know, you you sort of mentioned that because that's important to all of us. Um, So now let's talk about something that is definitely not expensive at all, but that contributes greatly to well-being, which is exercise. How do you define exercise? Okay. I'll define exercise as um, a a physical activity that's repeated over time. Now, when it comes to physical activity, definitely there will be moving of my body part. And when this is repeated over time, I can say in, in a regular pattern, to some extent in a regular pattern, but it's structured physical activity repeated over time with what's goal is fixed. What's goal is to help, let's, let's just put it at well-being. What's goal is to boost and maintain well-being. Yeah, that sounds good. Cause I think a lot of people are um, intimidated by the concept of exercising. They're kind of like, oh, if I exercise, I have to like, you know, <laughs> go to the gym or like do this 45 minute workout for it to be considered exercising. Uh, but in fact, it's not really that, you know, like uh, for yeah. example, a really simple form of exercising that I think we should all do more of is uh, a walk, you know, yes. going on a walk. Um, even a 10 minute walk could benefit us greatly and that could count as exercising, right? Um, so I think this is this goes without saying, and everyone knows it's super important um, for us to exercise and to move our bodies daily um, if possible. But in the scientific community and you know in in the work that you're doing, especially when it comes to you know uh, the connection between our mind and our body, what do you say to be the benefit of regular exercising? Okay, thank you. Now, when it comes to connection between the mind and body, benefits of regular exercises. Let's go practical. Let's um, go with um, yoga, for instance. When practicing yoga, you are indirectly trying to disconnect your mind from the hustle and bustle in the environment. And this environment also includes those destructive thoughts going through you. So at that point, you are able to reproject and reinforce. So take for instance, someone who is going to through a lot of distorted thoughts. By practicing yoga during meditation, he or she will be able to quantify to some extent how much wave of distorted thoughts that passes through him or her in a minute. And you know, it's kind of so weird. Like I'm practicing meditation and a lot of voices going through my head. My goal at the moment is to shut them up. So it's a way of, yeah, trying to gain um, 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 control over your thoughts and pattern. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's that's so true. And I feel like when you're exercising, you feel calmer afterwards, you know, um, especially when your mind is racing with a lot of thoughts and you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then you go and you exercise and you come back and you're like, mm, I feel calmer now. Now I can think clearly and, you know, break it down one by one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we are talking about exercise, it's not 
anything new to us. Um, this is this has been discussed many times um, by, um, I think, different sources. I'm sure we might have seen articles here and there. Um, conversations have been had about exercising, and we know that it's important to continue exercising regularly. And sometimes, you know, for some of us, we sort of go in and out of exercising phases where we exercise really regularly. And then sometimes we kind of slack off a little bit and we don't exercise as much. Um, So what are some of the evidence-based strategies that would help incorporating our exercising um, routine in a way um, into our daily lives so that it can be long-term, it can be sustainable and um, it would help us to not fall out of that habit? Okay, thank you. The first is out. How we journal, like how we journal, and in the journal, you could write out your goal. There should always be a why. So why do I want to engage in physical activity? For how long? What is the goal? Now, when that why is in place, honestly speaking, it comes with that aura, the passion to keep going regardless of what's happening out there. And number two, a lot of people find a um, um, morale when they exercise in company of others. So you could look out for uh, a like-minded friend like you here in my in my country. On weekends, Saudi, you see a lot of um, men and women who have um, nine-to-five, nine-to-five jobs. Saudi is most often their free time. They go to the field, and by the time you get to that field by 6 a.m., you're always be thinking, like, it's a party about to take place here, or is a, is a tournament about to take place here. It's a different people, different sizes, different shapes, different people there. They come there to feel good. Now, when you are exercising with a group of, of people, of friends, when you're tired, it's to see others exercising. It's, the dopamine, the um, endorphin keep increasing. You keep feeling good, wanting to do more. And then, yeah, have a goal. That's the why. A journal, working out with friends. Yeah, I think those three, we go a long way. And you could have mm-hmm. an alarm, an alarm, an alarm, an alarm can be pretty good. A reminder to always remind you, even if you forgot it, to always remind you. Yeah, pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think those are really good tips, um, good strategies to incorporate exercise into our routine. Um, I think personally for me, like I find that I, when I commit to the gym, like I have to go. Um, And this is, I mean, this is dependent on, you know, each person's gym um, or local setup. Uh, But my gym has a policy where if you book a class and you cancel the class um, in less than two hours before the class starts, you have to pay for it. Um, And so I feel like it's like a really good way for me to not cheat. Because, you know, like if I just get a gym membership and go, I might just say, oh, I don't really want to go to the gym today. You know, maybe I'll go tomorrow. Um, But once I have booked in the class, I have to go. Like today, for example, I was really like contemplating not going, but then I was like, no, I've already booked the class after work today. I'm going to go straight after work. No, it's non-negotiable. I have to go. Um, and I know that it will make me feel better. You know, it will boost my mood. So it's 
is really good that um, we can try different things, whatever works for us. Um, I think keeping a journal is a really good point. I have not been the best at keeping my journal. I used to be, but not recently. Um, so at least for me personally, I find that, you know, committing to a gym and booking in the class and keeping the, you know, like the exercises, um, the classes diary in my on my calendar uh, is really helpful. So in a way, it's kind of like a different form of journal, I guess. Um, so, you know, we talked about the benefits of exercising and, you know, how it would impact our um, state of mind. Right. And I think in, in psychology, there's a, there's a thing where I, I saw here in the research, it says that physical activity actually influenced the release of neurotransmitters and hormones in the body, um, especially when it comes to reducing stress and improving mood, right? Yeah. And so for our audience who might not be familiar with these uh, neurotransmitters and hormones in the body, could you you know, um, clarify them and also let us know what exactly are they and how can they help us to reduce stress and improve our mood? All right, thank you. Let me start from stress. Whenever we feel stress, like stress, psychologically, we've been made to understand that a neurotransmitter cortisol has been released. So the more stressed I feel, the more cortisol just got released. Now, when it comes to feeling good, which is the goal of well-being, relating to exercise, there are some hormones that are lead to um, exercise. We have the endorphin, the feel-good hormone. Like this morning, I already did a short exercise before having my, my bed. So the feel-good hormone, it gets to a level in which, let me go practical, I love to dance. Mm. Yeah. And you can you can see me listening to music and dancing for as long as of 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Now it gets to a point why dancing in which I feel this surge, like, oh my God. And I'm so excited. And you might be thinking I just want a jackpot. You see me all smiling like I'm overfed puppy. Yeah. <laughs> It, it actually has a relationship to the number of endorphins that has been released. And some of the en mm. um, exercises that works best with the release of endorphins, like I said earlier, dancing. You see um, biking, yeah, there's a lot too. And swimming, they do a lot too with release of um, the endorphins. And then we look at the um, HGH, that's the human growth hormone. When mm -hmm. we exercise, we are in one way or the other pulling our muscles, stretching our muscles. And that has to do with growth. That has to do with flexibility. You can see um, an individual who has been exercising for a long time, giving some kind of posture, even at 50, of which somebody at 20 can't engage in. That's the beauty of exercise. It gives room for flexibility. And then we look at the testosterone. The testosterone is more in male, but there's also um, a considerable amount in female. It helps to regulate my mood. Yeah, the it helps to regulate my mood. We look at the dopamine. In psychology, we focus a lot on the dopamine and serotonin. When there's a, mm -hmm. um, a, um, a low level of serotonin, research has made it known that 
it has a lot to do with anxiety, inducing anxiety. Mm-hmm. So when we exercise, we 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 trigger the the release of dopamine and um, serotonin. And somebody might be asking, how is this possible? How do I know? All right, let's look at the brain as as a computer. I plug in the the laptop, the, the 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 desktop needs to be powered. When I power the desktop, I can see everything going on in the desktop. And I choose to select my preference, my choice. The same thing with exercise. When I'm exercising, there's an increase in uptake of oxygen. Now, the increase in uptake of oxygen helps to um, relax and like movement in the lungs. Definitely, as there's an uptake in oxygen level, the flow of blood to the brain is now an oxygenated blood. And as the as the oxygen is going through the um through the pathways to the brain, using an, an fMRI, functional magnetic resonance imaging, we are able to denote proteins that are released, that moves through, and of which the 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 nerves in the brain get activated in the presence of this protein. And that has to do with a lot of hormones that has been listed. They get activated, and the more they release, the more excited they get. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I think the the technical side of it sort of explains why we get um, in a state where we feel different afterwards, right? Because yeah. I, I think all these brain chemicals, um, we cannot see them, obviously. <laughs> um, but then I think when, when we can feel them working, it's kind of like a good reminder, do it and then you'll feel it in here. Exactly. And I think that's just so important. Um, so, you know, we mentioned um, the, the kind of neurotransmitters and hormones in the body. We know that the chemicals are going to get released when you start exercising and it's going to help us to combat um, stress and, you know, it's going to help us to get into a better mood. But I'm now wondering, is there any caveat? Because there are so many different kinds of exercising, right? Yeah. Um, like for you, you like dancing. Um, for other people, they like running. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I personally like going to a Pilates class or a bar class. Um, that's fun for me. Uh, some people like boxing. So, you know, there are so many different ways we can exercise. And I wonder if um, these different types of exercises will have different ways to impact our mental health and well-being. Um, because I know the principle is, you know, there are the neurotransmitters and hormones that will be released, but are they released differently when, you know, when we do different kinds of exercises? Yes, they are. We are very conversant with the aerobic and the anaerobic exercise. And the research has made us know that when it comes to like the release of virtually all these hormones, then we need to engage in um, aerobic exercise. And aerobic exercise can be more of outdoor, but if you want to do it mm-hmm. indoor, then you should make it look like it's outdoor. Mm-hmm. We have the jogging, okay. we have the running, yeah, the biking, the swimming, the dancing, the boxing, yeah, a lot of those. And um, the anaerobic exercise, we can say it's more of indoor. And that's why the, the um, effect of um, meditation in the release of the 
hormones is different to the release of hormones during aerobic exercise. So to me, it's all bent to your strengths. The, the individual who wants to engage in the exercise, your strength level, your flexibility level. Don't because of, oh, Leo goes to the gym often, and Abigail says, I want to start hitting the gym, of which my strength level will not permit me. So I need to study my strength level, yeah, my flexibility, and my mental health too. Because an individual mm. who is going through anxiety and depression, Honestly speaking, jogging can be a stress. Jogging can be so stressful. Um, running can be so stressful. But when it comes to meditation, it helps to make them feel calm. So mm -hmm. it's now that's what before I before I recommend exercise to a client, after um clinical assessment, I try to note. This client, the strength level at this point, because a psychological disorder has a way of depleting the human strength. So the strength yeah. of this individual at this point, can it go through some particular type of exercises? And if it said no, I just tell the individual, don't. It gets to a point, um, sex is an excellent um, exercise. But to individuals who are going through a um, major depressive disorder, Instead of sex releasing endorphins, it releases cortisol. They feel stressed. Oh. It's like it's like mm. an emotional burden to them. So everything has to do with your strength, your flexibility, your mental health. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a caveat that we were talking about, right? Because it's not one size fit all, and it's not like every kind of exercise will bring you the same results. Yeah. Um, and it really has to has to do with how you're feeling, particularly because you're right. Sometimes running can be so stressful. Like I like <laughs> running, but um, you know, when when I'm not feeling great or when I'm not really <laughs> enjoying the weather, it just stresses me out. And uh, exactly. that's the complete opposite of what we want to do when it comes to exercising, right? Um, so, you know, we are, we've talked a lot about the different, you know, um, benefits, principles, the different chemicals that um, exercises bring, but um, some of our audience might still be in doubt and they might kind of go, I know that it's very beneficial, but I'm still on the fence because, you know, I don't know where to start. Um, I don't know how this is going to help me. Um, and especially, you know, this is what I'm going to have to say, especially when you're feeling down, especially when you're having a tough period with your mental health. Like I, I speak for myself. The last thing I want to do is exercise. All I want to yeah. do is stay in bed. And so um, I guess for people that might be going through, you know, phases like that, um, perhaps it'll be good to um, explain a little more to them about the brain's reward system, because I feel like this might get them um, to understand that it can really help them and improve their well-being, even though it's not what they want to do at all, um, right? So, how does the how does exercise actually affect our brain's reward system? And you know, what are some of the other things that everyone should know so that we can motivate ourselves to get out there and start exercising, or even just start exercising at home as a start? All right, um, thank you. Now, looking at bringing from the perspective of 
you get so stressed and you might not feel like exercising. To such an individual, I recommend listening to music. Yeah, listening to music can be soothing. So it's just about knowing your niche, listening to music. To others, it could be playing with a pet. Playing with a pet feels so relaxing. So I believe this too can help. Now, some of the reward system to the brain on exercise. Um, let's take a look at our hippocampus in the pituitary gland. Let me give an illustration. Let me assume this is the size of the hippocampus. It degenerates or it gets smaller when there's inadequate or no exercise. And its rule is it helps with memory in the temporal lobe. That's the frontal, the parental, the temporal around the lobe, and the occipital at the back. So it gets um, small or smaller and it helps with memory. So what makes it, to, so one of the things that increases the size, it simply means the 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 bigger the size in um, in uh, in normalcy, not out of the ordinary, the the more I boost my memory system. So one of the things that helps in fifty percent is exercise. So when I just keep it at the back of my mind that I want to increase my uh, memory capacity, and I need to trigger something to get it released. I don't want to keep forgetting on and off. It makes me want to exercise. And then the next thing I wrote is um, aging. Aging. It's exercise helps to reduce aging. Imagine you are always feeling good. You're always smiling. The neurotransmitters are always excited. There will definitely be regular release of proteins needed in the body which we definitely help to reduce aging. So I simply mean, instead of spending so much on cosmetics, on this, on that, why not just exercise, then complement it with eat well, stay hydrated always, and then with one or two cosmetics, and I look good. It's good to my skin without any um, side effects. Another thing I wrote here is um, a Swedish study proved that cardiovascular fitness yeah, can raise your verbal intelligence by 50%. And maybe, just maybe, that's the reason why um, when I go for public speaking, they're like, girl, you held your audience, like you brought them to the center. So it simply means Exercise helps to um, um, modify the cardiovascular system, keeps them yeah. um, in shape, keeps them good, mm -hmm. which has a way of yeah. influencing my 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 verbal intelligence. So I don't need to keep mm -hmm. cracking my mind. Oh, um, I want to say something. Oh, oh, I've, I'm stammering. No, all of that has been dealt with because of. <laughs> Because of exercise. Okay. Yeah. And um, exercise strengthens um, natural pathways. Okay. For memory. Yeah. That's, in, that's um, I already spoke about it. Like just a memory card. A memory card. When a memory card is filled, 
it can no longer receive content. So the more exercise I do and my hippocampus is maintained at a regular structure, there's inputs of new memories, new ones, and maintaining of the memory in there. So it simply means I'll have more of long-term memory than short-term memory. Yeah, like it improves the brain cells. Yeah, focus. It makes someone focus. Like the distorted touch, the pattern of distorted thought is somehow controlled. Yeah, it makes you have a, to be a master over your mind. Yeah, to be a master over your mind. And I think this is actually what proves a lot of people to anxiety. The inability to be a master over their mind. Their mind keeps speaking and um, speaking above um, them, quote and unquote. And one of the things I tell those people is uh, one of the ways to work on that is when you are giving out positive affirmation, be verbal, speak out. A way of silencing those thoughts. A louder voice silencing it. All right, don't let me talk too much. This is some of the rewards. <laughs> Not at all. I think you covered uh, some really good insights there, especially, you know, I feel like it's motivating to hear, right? Because um, sometimes people might have the misconception that exercising is just good for the body. And today we kind of debunk that because, you know, exercising is not just good for your body, your physical health, but also your mental health. It helps you oh, to yeah. feel better. Of course, you got to choose the right kind of exercise for yourself. Uh, but the cognitive behavior and the cognitive, the, the reasoning in our brain, the, that part is also improved. And I can speak to this myself. Like there was a period where I was kind of like, my brain feels a little foggy. I don't know why. And yeah. then I started exercising and I feel like my mind is so much clearer. Yeah. Every time, you know, once I've finished a, a workout or exercising. And I think like the more we do it, the more we get reminded that it's really um, important and it's just so helpful. Um, the, the tricky part is probably getting into it in the first place, right? Because uh -huh. it's yes. always hard to start. Um, so yeah, that's why we, we have all these questions and have all these things that we wanted to share with our audience to help them understand how important exercise is and how helpful it can be especially when you don't feel like doing it at all, right? Exactly. Um, and so we've covered all the, you know, most of the theoretical part of it. So now let's get into something a bit more um, practical. I know you mentioned a few strategies before when it comes to, you know, uh, incorporating exercise into our routine. Uh, but what would be a practice that you would recommend to everyone um, in our audience today as a, as a start so that they can motivate themselves to move their, move their body, uh, especially for those that have not done that in a while <laughs> or those who are kind of skeptical or kind of saying, no, I'm too busy or no, I really don't want to, I don't feel like doing it at all. You know, where should they start? All right. To those who are in love of music, I would recommend that they can just tune in an alarm that makes them, um, it could just be an alarm on the phone that comes with the music, a music they love so much, of which when they hear the music anywhere, they tend to shake their body, shake their body. That alone mm -hmm. is, yeah. is, is good for beginners. Yeah. You see yourself shaking your body, you're washing your mouth, you're shaking your body, you're taking your bits, you're singing, you're shaking your body. And before you know what's going on, such an individual would want to wake early so as to be able to have more time to shake the body. Yeah, that helps. And um, they could have a friend who who would be like, all right, let's let's um let's um um 
keep it. Let's have a goal, focus, goal, a target. Okay, we're going to go through a few exercises and then there should be um, mutualism, like compromise. This exercise, you love it. This exercise, I love it. Okay, so we're going to maintain that exercise and um, I'm going to give you a call. That's to, to, the, to the individual who, who loves exercise. I'm going to give you a call. Just imagine you giving Abigail a call. I'm like, Abigail, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm still in bed. And he's like, Abigail, I'm already on my exercise mat. Please turn on your video camera. Yeah, it's a motivation. And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. Okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. And then I turn on the video camera. And find what is going on. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes is gone. Yeah, those two things can help to incorporate. But bringing it to me personally, since I'm an exercise person, what I do and what actually made me become an exercise person is um, I know positive competition. So mm -hmm. I growing, my brother is so huge, muscular, and they say six packs. My brother has eight packs. And then I tell him, I tell him, what a man can do, a woman can do better. And then that actually makes me like, I'm going to exercise. And then I kept exercising yeah. to a point I saw that I was beginning to have broad shoulders. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, Abigail, please don't engage in this kind of exercise. Limit it to this kind of exercise. So it's more or less having a role model, like having someone mm. you can you can look up to and um, with a goal in mind, like, I want to be like this person. Yeah. I want to take it a step at a time. Don't rush a step mm -hmm. at a time. The first day can be two yeah. minutes. It's not bad. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's good for a yeah. start. The second day can be still two minutes. That's maintaining the same energy. And then when it's going on five minutes, 15 minutes, then you're like, wow. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Good tip. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, and uh, before we wrap up this conversation, um, we would love to invite you to uh, join us in the open mic section. Now, this is your stage. Um, it can be about anything you're passionate about. Um, could be an extension of your professional work if you would like to talk about it. So, yeah, the floor is yours, Abigail. Go for it. All right, thank you. One of the things I'm passionate about, which has been helping me in relating to well-being is I always engage in water therapy. Yeah, for over 20 years now, I've been consistent with water therapy. I drink water in the morning, regardless of the time, but it must be before breakfast. So I drink water a lot, I stay hydrated. And it's, it helps to flush out some kind of toxins. It makes me feel light for the day to be able to coordinate. Yeah, another thing is I love to read. Yeah, it could be a blog, it could be anything, but I love to res to make research, to read. I hate it when I'm in a fix, when someone says something and I'm caught on our ears. Yeah, it makes me feel like, at that point, it makes me feel like, Abigail, you don't know anything. So I always um, love to read, to research, know what's happening. Yeah, I know what's happening. I love to take care of my body. I love to take care of my body 
Because before you see my hormones inside, before you see how excited they are, you need to see, you need to appreciate what you see. So I love to take care of my skin, make use of um, natural, like what won't affect my skin. I got, I got to study my skin over time. And I noticed that when I go get so expensive cosmetic and all of that, my skin would just be like, Abigail, you're stressing us. Just leave us alone. The same thing with my hair. Yeah. I love to look good with my hair because when I'm, my hair is untidy, it speaks a lot about my mental health. There is nothing I can justify. I can use to justify. It speaks a lot about my mental health. And then I love to smile. I could remember when I was in high school, they used to call me nothing gas. And let me just quick, quickly <laughs> give you a, a scene that happened of which whenever I remember, I, I always laugh. Okay, and then I was, um, I was in high school year one. And um, I joined the, um, the, in the fellowship unit, I joined those that sing, the choristers. And on that day, on Friday, we were through singing. I never knew that the rock, my, my, my um, channel choristers, my colleagues, you're already filing back to the seat. I was still standing and I was smiling. And they were like, Abigail, laughing guts, come on, sit. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so smiling and laughing makes you feel good. Yeah, it makes you feel yeah. good. It, it makes you totally. look younger. Yeah. Don't don't reflect. Um, don't always reflect um the the negative um thoughts going through you. Yeah. Don't always reflect it. Because when when you smile, even those negative thoughts, those distorted thoughts rather, they have a way of complying to the neurotransmitters being released at that time. So it works for me and positive affirmation. No matter what's happening, I just tell myself, Abigail, you did this. I play more of my um, achievements. Yeah, I recall I dwell on more of my achievements compared to my non-achievements. And it helps for my range of health. Abigail, come on. So and so, yeah, you did this. I'll be like, oh wow, I did it. Yeah. So 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 by the time I've I've recorded like five, ten positive achievements, come on, I'll feel that search. I'll feel that strength to do more. The negative um the unaccomplished achievements. I won't let it deter. Yeah, I won't let it deter my focus, my goal, and everything. And to conclude it, I was saying something. Okay, yesterday I I was at um the, one of the medium um correctional center, and um the 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 inmates, the 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 prisoners, quote and unquote, they were so excited to watch me speak. Why? Because I was transferring the positive energy in me to them. They needed it. Yeah, they needed it with the positive affirmation. With letting them know, I started with telling them that your past brought you here. 
but your past must not determine your future. So I'm here because of my past, but I can rewrite my future starting now. And to the female um, inmates or the female prisoners, quote and unquote, I told them, I started with, yesterday is a council check. Tomorrow is a promise note. Today is the only cash you have. So when I know this, I use it wisely. I spend it wisely. I give it my best to make sure that today counts, that today impacts life, so that tomorrow, when I'm no more, a lot of people will remember and they'll be like, wow, Abigail touched my life, so and so. So all of this, all of this keeps me, keeps me moving. All of this are my day-to-day um, practice. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing all that. I think it's a... Uh... Is a true testament to who you are as a person and, you know, it's kind of thank like you. a sunny personality, I would say. Um, we love your energy and thank you so much for being here, especially when it comes to, you know, moving our body and, you know, the impact it has on our mind. Um, that topic was covered beautifully. Um, I think I, I got reminded today and I'm so glad I did not cancel <laughs> that gym session after this. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to think about you while I'm working out. And um, yeah, hopefully our audience will um, continue moving their body or if someone has not done that um, yet um, this will be a good way for them to motivate themselves so thank you you're welcome my pleasure you have been listening to doing well the well-being science insights podcast produced by the well-being science labs a division of lmsl the life management science labs more episodes are available from 10 life management perspectives and can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcasting apps available on your devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, share, and subscribe to our channel so that other people can find it and we can continue to provide quality content. More of our work can be found on our website, we.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Lungo. Thanks for tuning in.